Hello and welcome to another The Analysis interview podcast from Total Football Analysis. My name is David Seymour and today I am joined by Joaquin Gomez. Um, I'm going to let Joaquin introduce himself. Uh, I read an article in The Athletic on Joaquin back in March and it's got a fascinating backstory. Um, so I'm going to introduce Joaquin now and if, Joaquin, you can give us just a little bit of insight into who you are and how you got to where you are today, that'd be great. Well, I'm, um, I'm still think of myself as a, as a young, as a young football coach. Um, at the moment, I'm assistant, assistant head coach at, at SJK in, uh, in the, uh, top division in, in Finland. And, uh, yeah, my, my, um, background story is like, like many other coaches and many other people that work in football. Uh, very passionate about football all my life. Uh, I play. Up until certain level, understood that that wasn't going to be my path to professional football, and then uh, try to break it down, um, identify what could take me to professional football, and uh, decided to go to university, uh, did a sports science, took my licenses. Um, then eventually, I was still very young, wasn't getting the opportunities that I thought I could I could have, and decided to move to England to to try to to see if I could. If I could gain some experience in in English football, and uh, yeah, um, I've been very fortunate to be working for uh, uh, great clubs in in Finland, and to be working under and with uh, great professionals in 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 there, Brighton, Derby, Luton, uh, Stoke City, uh, been places that have been very good very good to me. Uh, what I've I've been able to to meet and work with great professionals and. And uh, it's helped me to to keep developing and and to keep pushing myself into into um, new challenges and new new adventures. Okay, so let's talk about uh, your first introduction to analysis. Was that when you were younger as a as a player, or was that in your in your coaching career? And at what point, if it was in your coaching career, did you first sort of come across what we what we say is analysis now, at least anyway? Yeah, when I when I was playing, there was nothing. <laughs> there was a uh, at the level and the places where 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 I I played uh, analysis wasn't a, a big part of football. Um, as I started um, getting into coaching and, and taking my licenses and through university as well, uh, in in especially I think it was first time that we went proper properly into depth about uh, analysis in football was in our A license. Um, uh, we were introduced to different tools to cut videos to to analyze games to um to break down a style of, a style a style of football and the structures um and and that was my my first contact uh, then throughout uh, my experiences working then i think uh, when i was working at Bright, at brighton uh, in the academy when i was doing the under 15s i think it was the first time that i had my own analysis um analysis uh, software where I could uh, I could cut my own my own clips from training or from games and and use them to do to do sessions. I think we were but then we were doing uh, one session a week in in analysis and and that was where I probably went into into using analysis um, to its full potential. So I mean let, let's talk about using analysis to its full potential. I'd be really interested to hear from yourself how you use an analysis to impact your your own coaching. So, um, I think I think nowadays it's a it's a massive it's a massive part of coaching. Um, I can't I can't think of any 
a professional football coach now that doesn't use it more more or less in almost every day of the uh, of of the week i think is a is um football is um it's a it's a game of our identity so it's, there's so many um things that affect a football game or an outcome of the game or performance whether it's an individual performance or a team performance that analysis allow you to to just reduce that uncertainty uh, give context give information about whether it's your opponent um, yourself uh, how you've been working yourself during the week you know it gives you many different ways and for for, for me for example it's very rare uh, the day that you don't use analysis somehow, you know, you, you get a different parts of the year of, of analysis in football where uh, early in the week you're working towards um, giving the player um, information about that opponent, then how you work during the week, uh, give them uh, little concepts about that opponent on the strengths and weaknesses um, in, in every part of the game. Then during the week you you might you might use some some clips and and footage from training or uh, either the team or, or individuals then you're using analysis live in the game nowadays you got uh, you know you get iPads and you can get footage live in in the bench and it's another massive tool and then obviously um you get you get the feedback that you get during the week the post match feedback um you know uh, whether it's for individuals or for for the team to keep improving yourself and to keep developing that that style of play or that uh, philosophy that that you that you wanna that you wanna implement in the in the team and and improve the individuals, giving them little things to to focus on uh, for the following week. So you know, in every day of the week, there's a time and a place for for that little bit of analysis that is gonna make easier easier. At times we. We are guilty, in, especially in, in club football, of uh, thinking that, you know, we have too many meetings or too many videos or too many clips about, about things. And when actually mm. um, five-minute five uh, little meeting before the session, explaining the session, uh, explaining the concepts or giving them a context to focus on during that session might save you a lot of time and might make you a lot more efficient uh, when you're coaching on the pitch. So I think it's a it's a fine balance, but it's something that that we can that we can that we can use even more even more than what we normally use in uh, during the week. One of the one of the things that I'd be interested to to hear about with this is how you engage the players into that analysis. I, I've spoken to um, Simon Dunn, who's the head of uh, academy performance analysis at Luton Town, and one thing that they're doing is they're having the players actually deliver the analysis themselves to the other players and the staff, which I thought was a really interesting way to empower the players and give them ownership over over themselves. But I guess, I mean, I don't know if that's something that you, you do or something that you would be interested in doing. What's your own thoughts on how you get players to really take on these little points from these little five-minute meetings? Yeah. I think I think engaging engaging players into into analysis and everything that you do during the week is very, very important. If you always deliver the... the the information, or you always use the same sort of ways um, of, of trans- transferring that information. You know, motivation and engaging is gonna go, it's gonna go lower and lower because they just get used to it, and it's, it's it could go into uh, the negative thing or the ne- the negative aspects in, in in routine. So, 
you just try to try to change it. Something what I normally, uh, what we normally uh, speak about with the uh, with the analysts, uh, obviously they are the ones that have the um, impact in everything that that is produced in terms of analysis. We always say that it's very important to make a difference between uh, what type of analysis, who is that analysis for? Is it for the players? Is it for the coaches? If it's for the coaches, how much in depth do you need to go into the, into the detail of what you're giving the coaches? Are the coaches watching um, or have got the same knowledge about what you're talking about so you can go more in detail or something you might not have to go as much in detail? Um, I've seen many opposition reports uh, during the last during the last 10 years and, and sometimes I always say, is it really needed? Do we really need um, a 50 pages booklet um, to be given to a coach? If that coach hasn't hasn't watched one one game of that of that team, well, you might need to to do that. But if that coach is watching one, two, or three um, games every week, he might not need that amount of detail or that amount of uh, volume in that in that in that report. It's the same with the players. If if you are producing analysis, um, I call it uh, we call it product. Um, to the players, well, you got to to understand how they how they get engaged by it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when we were working with with Paul Clement at Derby, that was one of the main things that he, he wanted out from everything that was produced in, in the analysis department. Everything had to be visual because that's how you attract players. If you put an Excel an Excel um, file uh, and put it on a on a wall, well, it's not going to have the same the same impact that if you put a very well presented poster that that you know that is very visual of what you want to to achieve giving them that little bit of information. So it's, it's really, really important. And then the different ways is what you said, that, that was a, a great example. Uh, not just having uh, the information given in one way, most of the time when you, you fall into them routines, it's always the coaches de- delivering them, them meetings and delivering that information. Well, doing different ways, you know, I've, I've seen um, and I've done it, I've done it myself, just, uh, Dividing the team in different groups and different lines in different positions. I uh, not long ago I went to visit a club where uh, the coaches um, divided the, the team on the right hand side of the uh, structure uh, and the left hand side of the structure, which are something that I hadn't seen before. And actually, saw saw it working, and uh, it's something that that definitely taking taking with me. So uh, you had different. Uh, dynamics and different feedback coming from the right hand side of that structure because they were saying that the positions and the type of player that w- they were playing on that side was slightly different. And I thought it was really interesting. So, uh, you know, all the little things that you that you can that you can do, uh, the better is. Uh, for example, we've setting up a program uh, here uh, uh, um, in, in my club where, in terms of the uh, post uh, post match feedback, is something that we thought. It, that we think that is very important for us to keep developing the players individually, regardless of their position in the team, whether they're playing uh, a lot or they're not playing or they're not playing at all. Um, and uh, we were sending a lot of clips um, and a lot of uh, individual feedback of the things that they could have done better, the things that they, that, 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 that they should be doing more often or less often. But actually uh, sat down and because all, all this um, uh, time that we have to prepare because we don't know when the league is going to start. Part of the uh, different processes that we put in place is this specific um, individual problem that each one of them have got. So 
we divided the the uh, the players in um, amongst the different coaches, and I take ten players and I sit down with them individually and and let them tell us what they want to prove, uh, where they want to be, um, what they want to be at the end of the season, what they want to achieve out of the season, and then help them and guide them to break it down into. Uh, medium-term objective or short-term targets, and but they 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 empowering that um, that process themselves because that's something that they wanna they wanna improve. They wanna what they wanna achieve is not something oh, I need you to to be better on your left foot crossing. Well, that might be something that might not interest him. So we thought that was a different way of engaging the, engaging the players and actually for us to give us something to to give them feedback that was going to be more accurate rather than just send them clips uh, that we thought there were the things that they need to be doing. Well, the analyst now has got a good um, map of what he should be looking in each player in the clips that he sends to each player. So um, it's more specific and definitely they, they, we feel that they're going to be more engaged because because of it. Mm. See, uh, do, you, do, you, do you still go with that approach before a game? Um, and I, and on top of that, I mean, attached to that question, what what differences are there in your pre-game analysis compared to what you're doing for training? In terms of? So, for example, in terms of delivery, in terms of focus, um, for pre-game analysis, are you more focused on the opposition or are you more focused on things that you've been working on during the week on the team itself? Yeah, yeah. Well, is that we... What we do is uh, we we set up. We always say there's a time and a place for everything. And what we do is try to organize uh, very well, very well uh, our work during the week. So, for example, what we've done here uh, now, planning for the start of the uh, preseason and the and the season, is that uh, we set up and we have agreed between the coaching staff, analysts, everyone, what what is going to go in each day, what is the structure of that week. And what we will try to do is to try to cover, cover everything in a balanced way, so we we're not neglecting anything. So, for example, uh, if if you if you know working uh, in counter attacking one week, uh, the way that that I see it, for example, is that we're neglecting counter attacking for that week. Um, so we need to find the place and the time to some somehow touch on on that. It's, if if it's in third place, you're not doing throws on on that week or in a couple of weeks, or you're neglecting that part of the game, that it might be very important. So what we try to do is try to um, cover a lot of things during the week, having a structure and some processes in place that we can review and adapt. Now, obviously, it might change from one week to another because of time. You might have a midweek a midweek game and, and might alter what you approach. But we always try to get a structure and try to follow them processes. Um, so, for example, uh, the way that we distribute that during the week is uh, on, um, for example, if we apply on the Sunday or the, or the Saturday, the first day that we come back in, we will call, call it game minus one. So that is not a st- that that's not the next week walking towards the next to, towards the next opponent. It's about giving feedback about about the last game, uh, giving feedback about um, how we play, how we could have done better, reviewing our own. Uh, our own game plan. Did we do? Did we do enough? Uh, if we did, what was good about it? And and we will use that training session to to work and to touch on the little things that we could that we could have improved. And then from then from then on, uh, we'll call a game like many many other uh, uh, coaching staff. 
plus one, plus two, sorry, uh, the other way around, minus three, minus two, minus one, uh, to, uh, working towards the, uh, towards the uh, game day. So what we will do, we will break down the opposition style of play uh, in different parts. So um, on a Tuesday, uh, we might show how the uh, opposition team uh, um, attack, uh, attack, attacking structure and how they create chances, how they, um, what was their strengths, and we use that day to to be able to to counter that. How you how we stop them playing? How we how we um how we're gonna minimize the 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 their strength? Um, and then as we progress during the week, we might give them little things from different parts of the game that might help us to win the game. So um, the closer that we get towards the game, it's more about us and how we win that game rather than be thinking uh, what we need to be aware of that game. And then just before uh, the game, might be the, fe- the day before the game, on the day of the game, we will try to use that um, uh, clips from training, for example, uh, that reinforce everything that we've been talking uh, during the week and use it as a reminder of what the game plan is going to be. So that last meeting is the game plan. How we how we collect all the information that we in that we we've been talking during the week to to guide us to get that win uh, on the weekend. So that will be the flow the flow of the week. Uh, obviously, within that there will be uh, set plays, attacking and defending set plays. Uh, we will have um, a, a specific day during the week that we work on set plays, for example, and we will use that. Um, that day of set place to to both give them information and give them context of what the position do, um, as well as keep giving them feedback of uh, how our set place have been the week before and how we can improve for the uh, for the following week uh, to again give them context to to work on the uh, on the pitch on on the set place. So it's um we try we're gonna try. You know, every time that you move into a different club or work with different uh, coaching staff or with different head coaches, uh, you try to take t- your experiences and try to to improve it. But for example, in this new new uh, new season, we are trying or we're going to try to get a good balance of how we work and, and make sure that we cover a lot of things during the week, helped obviously by by, by analysis. How how do you break down that pre-game meeting? Um, in terms of analysis, I mean, how long is the meeting? How much time is um, dedicated to certain aspects of analysis or to your game model? So, if he's uh, you're talking about the the one just before the game, yeah, the one either, yeah, well, it be it be short. Uh, you know, I always believe that the 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 videos the, what you use, uh, you know, you got to you got to chase. Um, Quality rather than quantity, uh, but towards the, towards the end of the week, what we will do is just collect a lot of footage from our own games and our own um, uh, training sessions. Uh, for for example, we identify that this team is is very good uh, bringing the ball up from the back, uh, and that is a massive part of the game. Well, we're gonna have or we're gonna try to take that away from them. So we will use. Uh, specific clips in training that we set up on how we're going to press and put them in that last last meeting to reinforce the feeling that we could be successful at, uh, at taking that away from them. Uh, we might use clips from uh, games that have been similar or even against the same team last time that we played against them. 
but that meeting will go towards what we do and how we've done it rather than showing a lot of clips from them. That's that's what we previously in the past of Worked with uh, with the idea of having, giving them a lot of information on the opposition on that day, but I found that it's important to towards the closer that you get to the game to give them to give them reminders of how you you use your structure, how you use your philosophy, your style of play to get the win on that day, mm. uh, rather than be focusing on on what the opposition have done. You've done that during the week, you have addressed it, then you show them examples. Just before they're gonna they're gonna play, or just before the day the the day before, that give them the um the idea that that is the game plan, that that's the way that they're gonna get the win, uh, and it's important that feeling that feeling going into the game that they they get a good chance to to win the game to be successful. How much emphasis do you put on the post game analysis? I mean, how much time do you leave yourself to reflect? Do you give it a day, or do you jump straight into it and then? I mean, how do you deliver the, the post-game analysis to the players as well? It, it depends. As I said before, it depends who the the, uh, the head coach uh, that you're working with. Sometimes they they let the analysts uh, do the 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 post-match. Sometimes they like to do it themselves. Sometimes they they might ask me as a as assistant to to go through the game and um, bring our our own our own thoughts to it. But we always, you know, you you always give a little feedback maybe after the game. Uh, on how you felt, but you got to 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 be very aware that it's a very emotional time uh, just after the game. So you got to give yourself a little bit of time to reflect on it, to make sure that the feelings that you got um, about about that game were actually accurate, uh, and that's what you use the analysis for. So then, as I said, I think for me it's very important that the, that that you do that straight away. So you put that game to bed and and. Uh, as quick as possible. So, as I said, that uh, game plus one, the day, the first day that you that you back into the building after after you play the game, it's important that you that you give them that feedback. Uh, you might have had one day to reflect, or maybe less than twenty four hours. But it's important that you put that game into bed. What were the positives? What were the negatives? What were the things that we could have done better? What were the things that we did well, and we need to continue to continue doing. I think, I think it's important that you do that really early in the week because if you let two or three days and you're already preparing for the next game and then you bring back feelings uh, from the from the uh, week before or mm. you start giving feedback about, you know, a game that is it might be completely different to the game that you're gonna be playing on on, on the on the on the following on the following weekend. Uh, it might be contraproductive. So um you you just try to do that as early as possible. And, uh, and 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 I think it's also very important for me that we used um, there is analysis as well to not just give the feedback to the players, but as a, as a coaching staff that we use that analysis to give feedback to to, to ourselves. Well, we we had a game plan. Did that work? Why it didn't work? Or why it did work? Uh, how can we improve it? Did we make did we make good good decisions during the day? You know. Uh, we might have changed the attacking structure. We might have not needed to change the attacking structure. We put this player on because we thought that he was going to be able to do this and he might have done it or he didn't do it. I think it's important that we reflect ourselves as well before we give feedback to the players on how our performance was in terms of our coaching and our managing of the game. Um, I think sometimes because of the volume and, and um, the intensity of, of football during the week and how much work 
you have to do something that get, gets forgotten. But I think it's important as well that we that we reflect in 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 ourselves as well as we reflect on the players or we ask the players to reflect on themselves. How how much do you reflect on your own coaching and your own performance, and and how much do you use the analytic tools at your disposal to do this? I think that is um it's been a massive there's been massive room for improvement in the in the last few years. Sometimes you get you get caught up with the with the moment and getting things on and improving players, improving your philosophy, um, giving feedback to players. And sometimes you forget about your about your own development. And I, I think it's that is something that's been always very important to feel that I keep improving myself. Uh, because if you're asking that from the players but you don't do it yourself, you're not being it's not ethical for me to to be asking something from players that you you don't do it yourself for yourself. So mm. um, I think it it, it is um, definitely something that um, myself I think yeah I, I I should have done it a little bit more in the last few years. But it's something that I'm I'm trying um, I'm trying to do now. So we again like everything uh, we're trying to put processes in place that allow us to be able to reflect on that. So one of them. Uh, uh, is going to be trying to push for before we that give, give that feedback to the players on the post match. Is that in that meeting uh, first day that we back that we had the ten minute, ten minute, five minute, ten minute, fifteen minutes, whatever is needed to reflect in our own performance. How did we affect the game? Did we affect the, the game enough? Uh, did we make good decisions? Uh, was the game plan accurate enough? Uh, you know, there will be important things. But then during the week, uh, we're going to set up this. Um, Type of um, database on our on our training sessions um, that are going to allow us to be able to reflect on, on the volume, the percentage of uh, what type of uh, sessions we put in. Mm-hmm. Was it enough individual sessions? Was it enough uh, attacking sessions? Was it enough? Um, was it enough um, um, set play set play uh, contact time during the week? Uh, there will be the little things that you could reflect. Because at times you might say, well, three weeks we haven't we haven't scored many goals, uh, and then you might actually look back at the um, at the at the sessions that you've done during the, the three weeks, and you find that you were very little in in the uh, in the in the last day. So I think that would be the sort of things that are important for us to reflect, uh, and that we can we we we're able to go back into it and have a little bit of space during the week where where we just had a, a little look and we just we're aware. Of what type of coaching we're delivering, and and be able to adjust it, and and to make sure that we keep improving uh, every week. At times, you might put a session that you think is um, a session to uh, build up from from the back, for example, or how to get into the last day, and you're trying to get into these specific runs to get into the last day. Well, if someone of us I've been asked to to analyze that session. Well, actually, those runs that 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 session or that part of the session were for, you might have done it only three times out of fifteen times that you that you that you um, attacked. Well, surely there might be something in there that there is a room for improvement. Either we don't, didn't stop it enough, or maybe the the context that we were putting into that session wasn't. Uh, good enough to to be able to work on then things that we were supposed to be to be working. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that um, somehow um, 
we get a little, little reflection and a little bit of data maybe and a little bit of uh, you know feedback on on those sessions to make us to make ourselves more efficient and, and, and ultimately better coaches yeah you speak about getting a little, little bit of data how much do you value the data side of analysis um i guess in relation to video analysis i mean if it feels to me like perhaps you use video analysis more that may or may not be true um where do you find data analysis to be useful and do you think there's sort of anywhere for that part of analysis to grow i think it is i always thought um when i was uh when i when i started i always thought that the subjective way of looking at games uh was uh the only way uh, i didn't believe much in on data and then with the time you know with experience you you see that there is especially now there's so many uh, sources of data uh, that could give you and could have you uh, to 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 improve every part of the, of the analysis but i think uh, always with with um, data you have to have a context uh, you can get data about everything but is is why is that important for you why do you need that data uh, for example of uh, i think the biggest impact that data is, is been having, especially with big data, um, in the last in the last few years, is in recruitment. Why why do you need that data? Because they, there's million millions of players everywhere, and data is a very good uh, tool to to prioritize, to give, uh, to filter uh, how many players you're going to be watching or how many players will be interesting for you. Uh, so I think. In, in in recruitment is a massive thing then it's only one part of the of the process but it's it's a massive thing and it's the same in in your daily uh your daily work uh, what do i do am i am i going to change my my whole week uh or a part of the session because i we've identified that this team loses the ball in this area um of the pitch maybe or maybe not we will need to compare that with it with the context and 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 identify whether that's the right thing for us to do. So I think it's important that that we use data, but it's important that we filter that information and that we keep the balance and that we keep give context to that to that data because it's, it's like everything. Data without context is it, it it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. So I think there is a lot of room for improvement. Um but at the same time it's it's developing very quickly. I think you got a lot of companies and a lot of um, uh, data tools that give you so much specific um, numbers that could help you just to back up your opinion or to um, um, to give some facts in in things that you have might have identified that you know they're very accurate, very very accurate. Little things like you know um, like in third place, uh, first time contact, stuff like that. You might you might feel that a um or oh, this is the, the player that is 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 the, the best the best player because he's his foot three is the the player that they that we should be marked uh, closer or that we should put the the best marker with him when actually it might be this other one that is only five eleven and 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 actually gets more first contact or what type of or, or first contact does he get from 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 corner is he at the near post so that might help you. I might give you something actually really important for you daily, uh, using that numbers to identify what what sort of tweaks you can add into into 
into how you set up your team to to play against that. So it's um it's definitely something that um is uh, how how important it is for you and how you prioritize them that that data and how you integrate that data into into your context into your daily work. Mm. For for a you know, relatively young coach, you've worked at a great number of clubs already and I'd be really interested to hear your opinion on how analysis is used at different clubs um, in terms of, I guess, the value that was placed on it, but also um, the emphasis on certain types of analysis. Yeah, well, it's um, every club, obviously, they, they prioritize different things. But, for example, I, I put the sample the first, the, the, cl the club where I, I was the longest, it was at Brighton. And... Because of the context of the ownership of the club and, and, uh, for different reasons, uh, recruitment analysis in, in, in Brighton has been a massive thing. It's always been, um, and, you know, it was the first time when I, when I walked into the first team environment, I saw that many uh, recruitment analysts working uh, for the club, um, how uh, professional they were in identifying or highlighting, um, filtering players that, that that we should be aware of and that we could sign um and and present that uh, that that in information to coaches and, and other members of of the club you know i've been in um uh, for example we moved to derby and moved um, to derby to work with the with paul clement as um in the uh, in the analysis and the tactic analysis department and um, in there, what you wanted is just to give so much depth into the tactical analysis, not just data or covering games or watching games. You wanted to give meaning to to the uh, uh, to the to the um, analysis, and you wanted, for example, uh, something that was slightly different to what you normally get uh, or, or ads in 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 the UK. That you wanted a head coach, um, not head coach. You wanted a football coach. To, to lead that process, to be the one that, that analyzed and have the analyst to 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 break down to break down that that uh, full analysis and, and to put the processes for the uh, for the team to be able to perform better on the pitch. So you know it's um, every club got different priorities uh, and uh, it's um, it's just it just it's just the the, the beauty of football that you you got the tools and you got the resources and then depending on what the priority is as a club or as a coaching staff or as a, as a head coach that, that you use them to your benefit to try to just to try to to make your your job or your work easier and, and to make sure that you are successful in the pitch is, is what, what everyone wants that's a really interesting point um you made about paul Clement wanting a, a head coach in his analysis department, I guess for you personally, how do you feel? Uh, how how important do you feel it is for someone to have perhaps an experience as a player or as a coach when they're looking at delivering not necessarily data and analysis, but analysis in terms of pre-match, post-match kind of um, analysis. I think it's, it's it's very important. It's very important. No, I don't, I don't necessarily think that you need to be a football coach to be an analyst um, in the same way you don't need to be an analyst to be a coach but surely yeah, it's going to help you um, 
if you got knowledge or experience of um, different parts of the processes of being a coach or being an analyst. So when 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 I talk to to analysts and when we working with them to help them develop, when they when when they ask me well, what what sort of thing I could do, or I'm interested in this and this sort of um, uh, two day course or conference or whatever, I always encourage encourage them to to get the licenses. You know whether it's a B license or you know they can get into the A license. Why not? Because coaching might not be the 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 pathway. But I think having um, having gone through the process of getting the licenses and getting um, it's going to help them to structure their thoughts and and understand how a coach might think, and that is going to help them to you know to have a um, a closer relationship to be more efficient in the way that they maybe. Uh, speak to coaches uh, or present to coaches, and I, I think it's only it's only going to help. Don't say that they have to do it, but I think it is something that could help them among among other things. And in the same way, that I, I will always say to so how to speak to a young co- coach, and and he, he asked me for advice. I'll say, well, you know, get interested, get involved in the in the analysis processes, learn how to code learn how to put a video together because it might not be your path, uh, your pathway, but it's definitely going to help you um, as a coach in the future. And actually, it might open doors for you that might not be there if you didn't have that knowledge or that experience. So I think it's not it's not a must, but, you know, every little bit of experience and knowledge and learning uh, that you that you can get, it's only going to help you to, to be better, to be better in whatever you do you, do you see a, a future where perhaps coaches and uh, analysts are sort of more one department as such? I think what I'm getting at is coaches are, are the analysts as well, um, perhaps a bigger coaching staff, or do you think that they'll always be sort of separated? You've got your coaching staff, you've got your analytics department. I think more and more often you find that it, it's only one department. It's the football department. Okay. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're a sports scientist. doesn't matter if you're an analyst. It doesn't matter if um, if if you're first in coach or head coach or assistant manager. I think uh, more and more you see that there's just one department. They all work together. You know, at times I might be clipping it, coding a staff or clipping a staff or putting videos together. And at times um, an analyst might be identifying things to understand that are tactical concepts that are going to help us to make a better decision on the pitch. You know, I think he's a uh, more and more global, and and you see it in every in every coaching staff nowadays. It's probably it's been, in the past, it's been a slightly different in Europe than in the UK, for example. But now, more and more often, you can see it in the UK as well, where um, coaches or assistant coaches in, in, in the top level have been analysts. Um, you know, um, and it's something that I think, uh, for me, in, in, each, in each management staff, you have to have a balance. You know, I think a long time ago that we moved from uh, only having ex ex professional footballers in the yeah. coaching staff to, um, you know, I think the streams are not good. So you can't move from there to only having coaches that the uh, with the same background. I think having a, a good balance is a very very important thing. So if um, I haven't been a professional footballer at the top level, sometimes I might not be able to relate to a player in a in a in a in a specific way that they might need by having someone in my coaching staff. Um, that he's been a professional, a professional um, uh, footballer. 
might help them to get into that play a little bit better. So I think it's important that that, that there's a balance. But definitely, definitely, is is. I think it's not that it's evolving. I think it's evolved quite a lot in the last few years. And and coaching management staff is just one department rather than having different departments. And what I, for example, the way that I like to work and that I've been working uh, the last few years, uh, we're going towards that when we got meetings. You know, whether it's uh, the head, the head analyst, or or the analyst, or one of them, it's always it's always there in the meetings any meeting that we can have because you know they can put their input um in the same way that they that the, uh, the the head of sports science will put his input on, on the training session on the type of week that we that we're planning uh in everything so it's definitely a football department rather than having very different departments mm. uh, love that plan. answer football department i think that's great <laughs> what, what are the differences back in between the analysis at club level compared to national team level is uh it was something that uh, it always interested me. Um, um, there was somehow I was always looking to to go and see uh, national team national teams train and work, and I always um, always been chasing that 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 quest that question. And last year I had the opportunity to to um, share my my role, especially in coach at Stoke, with uh, moving to under twenty ones uh, national team in Finland. And uh, it's, it's one of the best decisions I, I ever made because the difference between uh, uh, coaching at club level when you have all the time contact that you might wish for uh, to coach at a national team level is massive, massive because you get very, very little contact time. So the, the way that I see it, you've got to become a better coach. You've got to be a better coach because you've got to maximize the time that you have with them players that come from different backgrounds, different situations in the team uh, come over to you and within two days of being being with with, with your your coaching and stuff they they got <laughs> they got to be able to play as a team which is a very very difficult thing um and i think the biggest the biggest tool um in a national team level is analysis because analysis gives you the opportunity to make up for the time that you're not going to get on the pitch uh we can't do two sessions a day <laughs> or three sessions a day to make a team playing a week in the same way that they would play in 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 the, in the clubs. So, what you do is um, or the the biggest difference that that I found is that where maybe a club level we're worrying about how many how many um, meetings we we have, how many work we do in terms of um, analysis, how many sessions of uh, meetings, the analysis meetings we 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 put national team level is completely opposite. At times we're having three meetings a day. Why? Because you can't train them for more than maybe hour and a half on that day. But you can actually, you, you got them in the hotel. They are with you 24 hours. So we might as well do something that is going to help us to be better as a team. So at times you might have a meeting in the morning to set up the context for the, for the rest of the day. You might have a meeting after lunch going through uh, what you worked on the uh, on the session before or 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 giving giving them a little input of what that team might play or how this concerts or what this might be the part of the of the game plan and you might have a another meeting in the evening to just um put everything together you that you, you done that day to um solidify the concepts that, that you've been talking during that day so then you can move into the following day um and i i, I found it i found it amazing because 
basically what we what we try to do it sounds a little bit um <laughs> bad but we try to bring them <laughs> for, for for the time that they that they're with us and what we say well, for example we we had this um uh this game at uh, in in ukraine uh, and what we try to do is that we try to give them the feedback from the the previous camp as soon as possible as soon as we get everyone together we try to sit down and have the first meeting of the week in how the last the last um um meeting that we had the last uh week or 10 days that we had how it went what things we we did well what things we worked on that we need to keep doing and things that we can improve um and we found that the quickest that we can do that the better so for example we were playing away in uh, ukraine and the traveling and this sort of uh, camps is crazy so we had to go uh, some some of the players or different parts of the of europe so we we were meeting the first time together in kiev um but then we had to get another another um another play to go to a different city and then another bus uh, to get to to where we were going to stay and play the the game that week so we um we thought well we tried to put that video the first the first day that we that we back together but he's, we're going to spend the whole day traveling um and we're going to get back to to the hotel about two in the morning so by the time that we get that we get to you to the hotel that we stay in ukraine it might be too late we might not be able to to put that feedback from there so we had three hours i think in in kiev airport so we came out and tried to find a hotel that had a little room meeting room to put to put that that video on, we we went to a couple of hotels, didn't speak English. So, but that just told you how much and how important that was that was for us. And we actually found eventually a a hotel and a meeting room, a small meeting room, and and we went through the stuff. And it's important that as soon as they come to us, they change, uh, they shift their mentality, their reality to. Doesn't matter whether they've been playing, they've not been playing, they've been feeling, you know, um, well in the clubs or not. As soon as they come there, they we we provide a safe team environment that that we got to get into that mentality of working for the national team as soon as possible, and 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 it's it's worked it's worked okay for us. And uh, again, I think uh, that national team level analysis is is probably the biggest the biggest tool that you that you can use that you can use to to make sure that you you get closer to that style of play that vision that you got for your team um in a in a very or the most efficient way possible the um is 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 there anything that you've taken from that national uh or international rather i should say experience and put it into your coach, your your sort of day to day coaching at club level, or perhaps into your sort of more club level analysis. Definitely, definitely. It's been it's been a few things, and um, I think it's helped me to to develop um, a methodology during the week that, as we were we were speaking earlier, that covers and balances everything that you do in the week a, a lot more. Uh, one of the things is why why can't you not have more meetings during the week? Why, why, why is in, why is in football different? Why is football different to other sports like uh, American football or uh, rugby? Uh, that that you cannot have one or two meetings 
every day. Um, you know, I've seen it work at national team level, and it works. It might become more difficult when you, you know, when you work in a club level because it's every week, and he, you know, but it's just getting a routine, getting a culture where this is part of our work. Sitting down, thinking about the staff, going through the staff is going to help us and be more efficient on the pitch. So why can't why can't we not do it? Um, so I think it's one of the things that I've I've taken out of that of that process that we can break down the game a little bit more. Uh, we can put more meetings, you know, uh, uh, when, when when you want to explain and, and identify strengths and weaknesses of the style of play or the position, for example. Well, surely it's going to work better if if we break down part of the attacking structure so we can go and work on the pitch on that attacking structure um, than if we just saw one uh, one one video meeting or we, we speak in, in just one session about the whole style of play of that of that team. Surely it'd be more efficient if we break it down in different parts in the week. Um, and I think that is one of the the um the the biggest things that, that I've that I've taken as well as you know using your staff to maximize that time. Uh, breaking down in little groups, uh, breaking down in more uh, position specific stuff to be able to be more or to be able to deliver sessions more a little bit more in detail to maximize mm. the time that you get on the pitch. And, uh, and as I said, there's no why we couldn't do it at club level. At times we find uh, excuses not to do it, but it's I think it's a it's a it's a good way of going forward, and it's something uh, that I'm definitely taking taking uh, for the. For my next, for my next. Uh, Certainly, the uh, the small group stuff is something that we've spoken about um, off air as such, Joaquin. And I think uh, that's an incredibly interesting uh, aspect, and perhaps we, we could get you on again at some point, maybe onto a, a coaching theme podcast to talk it through because it it really is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the last question I'd like to ask you, Joaquin, is something that I ask every guest: is what what advice do you have that you wish you'd had at the beginning of your journey? I think for me. Keep pushing yourself and having this uh, growth mindset is uh, in everything that you do in life, whether you're a coach, an analyst, whatever you want to be in life, is a very, very important, uh, very, very important thing. I think uh, you got to identify what you want, uh, what you want, what you want to achieve, how you break it down, how you get there. Um, and for me, a very important way of doing it is identify when you falling into that comfort zone. That is not going to keep you improving. If uh, you fall into that comfort zone, what can you do to change it? Is it changing place? Is it changing uh, your role? Is it changing your attitude towards towards the role that you're doing? Um, but I think definitely avoiding long periods of time in, in your comfort zone is um is a very powerful way of of keep improving yourself and 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 try to be as successful as you can be in in in, in your in your job. Brilliant. Thank you uh, so much, Joaquin, for, for joining us. And um, as I said, I'd love to get, get you on again. It was uh, just incredibly insightful. Um, so thanks very much. Um, Thank, you. Thank you. Here at Total Football Analysis, always looking for uh, new talent to write for the website. So if you're listening to this and uh, you're a fan of the website and you quite fancy getting involved writing match analyses, tactical theory, scout reports, whatever it is, then um, by all means, that's something that you can do. You can find more information Um, on the website or on our Twitter feed. Um, Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you soon.